0: It's a huge week for the New York Jets because they'll be headed down to Mobile, Alabama next Monday. It is the 2022 Senior Bowl. Robert Sala and his staff will actually coach the national squad throughout the week. It's a great opportunity for the green and white. And with that being said, this is the official Jets podcast. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. We thought... Nobody would be better to talk to than the executive director of the Reese's senior bowl. And that is Jim Nagy, Jim. Thank you so much for joining us. What are the final preparations like for you and your staff right now?
1: (laughs) It's, uh, it's busy around the office right now. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, there's just so much going on, uh, on the football side. That's really the easiest part. It's, uh, all the other different events that we're trying to pull together for the week. Um, that's really what's the most challenging right now. And before the players even arrive, before the jets arrive in town, we've got, uh, the HBCU combine, uh, that we're, we're having down here in mobile hosting it, uh, in conjunction with the national football league. So, um, and they're coming in on, they're coming in on Friday and going to be working out on Saturday. And then, uh, the jets and the, the players will arrive on Sunday. So yeah, we are in, in full blown, uh, execution mode right now but it's uh it's fun we love we we love this time of year it's it's very exciting time
0: so can you tell us about the selection process how does the senior bowl go about selecting the staffs because it is the New York Jets and Robert Sala heading up the national squad like we talked about and you got Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions who are going to lead the American team
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's not us at all. I think that's a little bit of a misperception out there. It's the NFL League office handles our coaching staffs. Uh, very grateful to them. It's, it's been kind of a long-time partnership. Uh, it's the one thing that's made our game different than some of the other All-Star games as we get the full coaching staffs. Um, so they start with the draft order. Again, you need to have a full staff in place down here in Mobile to coach the game. So that, that took the Jags out of the running this year. It goes to Detroit. They said yes. Um, Houston declined, and I think they were still in, in limbo a little bit with their coaching situation at the time when, when the league reached out to them uh, the Monday after the season, and then the, so the Jets came in and they got that, that second spot. So that's really how it is. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those mechanisms for parity, which makes the NFL so great. Um, you know I, I keep bringing up uh, whenever I do interviews, Robert Sala's last job with the 49ers, that staff was down here Three years ago, um, you know, I think they were picking second or fourth in the draft that year. I can't remember which, um, you know, they came and got Debo Samuel and the next year. They're in Miami for the uh, for the Super Bowl. And that's why Robert Sala was kind of the man behind the uh, T-shirts in the in the in the locker room the next year after the NFC championship game mobile to Miami where the T-shirts he had made up. So you can flip it quick. So it's a really smart thing. The league does sending us those staffs uh, picking at the top of the draft order. And uh, we're excited to get Robert down here. He's, uh, you know, he's a guy that I worked with in Seattle. Our lockers were, were right next to each other in Seattle for a couple of years there. And uh, great coach, man. Great energy. Bring a lot of juice to our practices. So uh, we're fired up to get the Jets down here.
0: Uh, Jets fans want the next Debo Samuel. Uh, that would be something if they get that kind of value in the second round of 2022. What can you tell us about your experiences with Robert? Like you said, Jim, You're a long time. We're a long time NFL scout, almost 20 years uh, scouting yourself. Uh, You went to the Super Bowl six times, four rings with three different teams. But talk about your relationship with Robert and what you saw from him in Seattle. Yeah,
1: he was a great fit in the building, Um, you know, just our culture that we had in Seattle. And I'm I'm guessing he's he's tried to implement something similar there in New York. Uh, It was just it was a it was a high energy building. And that started from the top down with with Coach Carroll and John Schneider, our GM. And it kind of filtered down, uh, trickled down. And and Rob, I just remember Robert working with our backers, um, you know, and on the defensive side of the ball, just was a young, energetic, smart coach. Um, You knew he was a guy, uh, you know, from a personnel standpoint, we're always looking for guys that could end up in a higher chair. And you always kind of felt Rob was going to be that guy. So then he, you know, he goes on to San Francisco and does great things as a coordinator. Um, and now he's now he's in the next step. So uh, again, you know, he, he's going to be down here in more of an advisory role this year. We're kind of shifting staffs around. That's something new that uh, the league office came to us over the summer with, thought it was a great idea. So he'll be appointing uh, guys on his staff into more uh, leadership positions on the staff. And he's going to take a step back and be more of an advisory, advisory role. Um, but I know... Uh, just knowing Robert and the, the energy he brings, I'm sure he built a staff with, of similar guys, and uh, so we know they're going to do a great job with our players, is, and that's that's really what we care about most. These guys are going to come down here, and in their in their one week in Mobile, they're going to become better football players.
0: Jim, you talked about the 49ers really using this as a springboard a few years back. Uh, how advantageous is this for the coaching staff to not only get these guys on the practice field, but get them in a classroom as well and see how they receive the coaching on the field and what their attitudes are like, how they process things.
1: It's a it's a big benefit. There's no doubt about it. Um and again, that's why it's smart the league has it, you know, has it set up the way they do because you do you have a ton of takeaways. I think uh you can ask anyone that's worked in the NFL for for you know any period of time Uh, watching the tape and making the tape eval on the player is the easier part of the equation when it comes to player assessment. I think the hardest part is drilling down and figure out the person. Um, So yeah, all the takeaways, whether it be, you know, having breakfast with them every day, you know, lunch and dinner, all three meals really. Uh, But, you know, just having that time with them, seeing them, seeing them in the hotel, interact with their teammates, um, you know, in the meeting room, how do they learn? Um, How attentive are they? You know, the things that really make a player, um, you know, guys that play in the NFL and stick in the NFL, all those, all those other intangible qualities, these guys get to see. So not only on the practice field, um, and that's great too. Those are great takeaways because they're, they're applying the coaching. They're applying what they learn in the classroom. You know, they're taking instruction between reps. And so the coaches are seeing that stuff that maybe the other teams can't see from the bleachers. Um, so no, tons of great takeaways. I know the jets will come down here, uh, with their sleeves rolled up and ready to work. And, um, it's truly a beneficial week. There's no other time during the process, whether that be combine or pro days or 30 visits. I mean, they'll, they'll get other exposures to these players, but never like this week. I mean, you're spending an entire seven day period with these players, um, basically, you know, 18 hours a day, probably. So, uh, no, they'll they'll learn these guys. Uh, they'll learn these guys inside and out.
0: Jim Nagy is the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Last year, 106 players from the Senior Bowl were drafted. You're talking about 41% of the entire class. So the people that Jets fans see on the TV, not only in a national squad, but the American squad, we're talking about pros.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a number we're proud of. That was a record for us last year with 106 drafted. Uh, you know, in the in the pre three, three previous years since we've been here, um, of all the guys we've invited over the previous three years, 89% of those guys have made rosters their first year as rookies. Maybe not opening day, but at some point during their rookie year, 89% of those guys have been on NFL rosters. So, uh, yeah, this is what they'll see. And you and you brought up, uh, the, you know, the American side who's going to be coached by the Detroit Lions. The Jets staff's going to have time with them as well. Um, You know, there's, we have a team, a a team swap is what we kind of call it. And the coaches will be able to spend time with those players and, you know, just pulling it back a few years now in terms of where that swap benefited a player and benefited a franchise uh, was Dak Prescott was down here being coached. I believe that year by the Denver Broncos team, they swapped out with the Cowboys and just in his limited time with the Cowboys and that one exposure really, and this is coming from Jerry Jones. I mean, he's on the record saying that they, you know, they kind of, they started their uh, you know, just kind of their their liking for Dak Prescott and their conviction in Dak Prescott as a guy they wanted to be a cowboy here in Mobile, and it started in that player swap time. So, you know, they did their due diligence through the rest of the process. Um, but that really helped them in their evaluation of Dak. And I know that the uh the Jet staff is gonna get this uh this American side that Detroit's coaching for for a good amount of time. So they're they're really gonna be exposed to all 120 players on the roster.
0: That's really cool, that exposure. I wanted to ask you about the coaching staffs here with the Jets and the Lions. Can they request certain players that they actually wanted to work with before uh, you assemble those final rosters?
1: no we 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 have the roster set before the before the teams are announced. Uh, we have to do that. and then basically, um uh, you know and the biggest thing, the criteria is competitive balance, uh, right. Mm. So there's three, there's three pieces of criteria that, that we work through in the office to try to build these rosters. One is competitive balance. We do want them – we want an even split. We want we want to have a good game. We want the teams to have the, the same level. Now, one position group on, on the American squad might be better than the one on the national. But in the end, in terms of the overall roster, it should really shake itself out, even itself out. Um, and I'll say this, and then we we like to have the SEC players on the American squad – um, it's important to you know our regional fan base that comes in here and really shows up on game day uh, to have those guys on the same team. And then uh, the last thing is we like to keep the teammates together. Uh, we don't want uh, Penn State fans, for instance, to come down and and have uh, you know a few Penn State guys on one side of the ball and a few on the other. We want them. We want them rooting for that one team. So that's how it's split. Uh, the Detroit, the, the higher drafting team gets the selection of the two rosters um, this year. That was Detroit. They they picked that American side um you know we did work through a couple trade proposals there was there was, uh, <laughs> there was one trade made um i won't divulge that because that's going to reveal too much about uh about what the two gms feel about uh maybe the rosters right now but there was one trade made it, it gets really hard it's usually got to be like a one for one or a two for two trade or Like like for instance if you tried to t- trade for a georgia bulldog this year that would have pulled about seven other guys on the other team with him so uh we stay away <laughs> from those uh but yeah that. That's really how that process shakes down.
0: We're going to have to ask Joe Douglas about that trade after the draft, because like you said, he's probably not going to divulge that information prior to the draft. Hey, how much do you think running back Michael Carter and also Hamza Dean improved their draft stock with good showings last year down there in Mobile?
1: Yeah, I really thought um, leaving Mobile, Michael was going to go in the second round. It it surprised Mm. me that he lasted to the fourth. Um, That's where we had him graded. And that's where most of the buzz was, you know, about Michael leaving the week. Um, So usually on draft day, there's, you know, that was an upset for us. Like we thought Michael was going to be at least a day two guy. So that's when you start calling around the league and trying to figure that out. I think it was something medical with Michael. I think they got uh, Michael on a little bit of a a draft day discount uh, because of something that popped up in his medical. But no. He had a great week down here. He had a great game. Uh, you know, the, the running back position is, is a little bit of an incomplete eval during the practice week. We'll see those guys in the pass game quite a bit, whether that's uh you know, out of the backfield catching the football or or, or in pass pro. Um, uh, but we don't tackle to the ground. We really discourage that. We want guys to you know thud up and wrap up. Um, but so the, the, the game is when the linebacker group and the running back group can really can really show out. And Michael did that last year. I think he had 75 yards and a touchdown in the game. Um, and then Hamza, you know, he's a guy that we had a much higher grade on as well. Uh, just on his based on his pure talent. You know, we thought we thought Hamza would be a third round pick. Um, so for him to go so late, I think you saw him on the field this year, probably where he should have been drafted. But again, Hamza was dealing with some injury stuff. He had a really mm-hmm. incomplete year. is a, is a senior there at Florida State, missed a lot of time, um, and so so that probably held him back on draft day. But I think Jets fans saw what what Hamza's future could be this year as a rookie, getting in there and 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 playing a playing a pretty pretty key role for them. Um, so yeah, they both had good weeks down here, and and again, I think the Jets got both those players on a discount.
2: Winbet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free, $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. I'd
0: love to ask you about the 100-plus players who are going to be part Participating throughout the week, and I know our fans would as well. But how about some quick snapshots of a couple of these positional groups? Let's start with the linebackers. We were just talking about Nasrud Dean. The Jets coaching staff is going to lead a group that includes Utah's Devin Lloyd.
1: Yeah, it's a a good group. We really like the linebacker group on both sides. Uh, Trying to think off the top of my head right now, I'm staring at our draft board. It's kind of on the (laughs) other side of the screen right now. I'm kind of looking at it. Um, but I don't have it, I don't have it broken down to American and national. I'm just trying to think of the guys that would that would be on that team. A lot of different skill sets. you know, I think they'll be working with Chad Muma from Wyoming, who I think is a really good player. I think we've seen in the playoffs this year with Logan Wilson what he's done for Cincinnati. He had that big pick the other day in the uh, divisional round and and you know Chad's the next one in line. I, you know uh, Logan was a third round pick. I think Chad's got a chance to be a second round pick. Uh, you know, Darian Beavers from Cincinnati is a guy that, has a lot of versatility. He's a big man. He's played on the line of scrimmage. He's played off the ball. Um, so they've got a number of players. Devin Lloyd, another one. I mean, Devin had a great year, uh, Butkus Award finalist, real long athletic, um, made a ton of plays for that Utah defense. So they've got, if if linebackers a need, I'm not sure if the Jets feel that or not. Uh, but if they do that, to me, that's one of our stronger position groups, both on that side and on the Lions team.
0: Yeah, I figure I'd just ask you about the backers because we were talking about Dean making that transition from safety to linebacker last year. The Jets very high on a pair of youngsters here and Dean and Jamie Sherwood, of course. How about the tight end position? There definitely is an area of need there for the Jets, and this staff is going to work with perhaps the best tight end in the country in Trey McBride.
1: Yeah, it's a really it's it's the best tight end class. I can just speak to the last four years at the Senior Bowl. Uh, it's our best class. We we struggle some years to get to six draftable tight ends. The goal at this game every year is to get every player drafted. That that obviously doesn't happen that way. Um, but going in, I mean, we we want to we want to take guys that are gonna, gonna gonna be drafted. This year, you know, six is usually tough. This year, we we could have easily gotten to twelve. Um, we invited nine. We went above uh, the number we usually get to. Uh, but Trey McBride, McBride's a great one. I think uh, it's a great it's a great class depth wise. But I think Trey's the one guy that could end up going in the first round. I think he's a he's a day one starter in the league, and I don't say that throw that out there lightly. I think he's got that kind of talent. Um, you know, we saw what he did in the past game. He was Colorado State's entire offense this year. Uh, you know, there was a game this year where he had 109 of his team's 110 pass receiving yards, um, and, and he can block you. He's a he's a do it all tight end. Really talented guy. They'll be working with him. Um, they'll also have Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State, who I think yep. will end up being a better pro than he was a college player. There was just – you know, there's just so many balls to go around in Columbus, Ohio. So um, I think Jeremy will be able to showcase what he can do in the past game down here in, in, in Mobile, which he maybe didn't get a full chance to do in Columbus. Um, you know, Charlie Kolar from Iowa State, another guy um, that that's a big, wide-tight end, a guy that, you know, can, can put his hand in the dirt and block people – uh, every team's looking for that guy. Those are really those guys are harder to find than the guys that can run run routes and catch balls. So um, it's a deep group. I know. I know the Jets are fired up about that group that they have, um, and if that's a need, they could they could certainly address that coming out of Mobile here.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Rucker because not only did he attend Ohio State, he's a Long Island kid who grew yeah. up. A, a Jets fan, so a lot of people will be monitoring his progress throughout the week. How about the wide receiver position? I think every year, year we think in terms of depth. I don't think any different this year, right? And uh, Jihad, Jahan Dotson from Penn State was so productive for the Nittany Lions. He's one of the guys at the top of the list.
1: Yeah, that again, that's a group that we, we feel really good about over the last three or four years. I mean, you look back, you you know, the Debo Samuels, the Cooper Cops, um, Michael Pittman Jr., Van Jefferson, there's Brandon mm. Ayuk. I mean, there's been a Terry McLaurin. There's been some really good receivers come out of here that, you know, um, over the last three, four five years and in this year's class, no different. I think that uh, I think a name to keep an eye on in your backyard is Bo Melton um, from mm. Rutgers. You know, the thing that really attracted us to Bo was his, his competitiveness. I'm not saying he's Debo at all. I ain't even talking to like, this isn't a player comparison to Debo. Uh, but what you love about Debo was his aggressive style, um, his play strength, you know, just kind of his run skills with the ball. I think Bo Melton has some of that, you know, just trying to bring it back home to your backyard. I think that he's the guy that Jets are going to be working with that, uh, you know, we certainly liked here uh, in our building. And then, Another guy, Alec Pierce, uh, just throw out another name from Cincinnati, was a big difference maker for the for the Bearcats this year. Really had a breakout year. He's a guy that, you know, had battled some stuff, some injury stuff, and uh, became a real down-the-field threat for, for Cincinnati this year. Those are two good ones the Jets will have.
0: How about a couple headliners in the trenches? Boston's, uh, Boston College is a real interesting prospect. Zion Johnson, uh, transfer from I believe Davidson actually, and then Northern Iowa's Trevor Penning. That's a name to watch.
1: Yep, two immediate starters. Um, I think Zion's mm. the best guard in this year's draft class, and I like a lot of them. I think it's a pretty good interior line class, but Zion's Zion's one of the best stories. You said Davidson transfer, um, that's a pioneer league. It's FCS non-scholarship football, and he, he spends a couple years there. He bets on himself, which I love. Goes up to Boston College, which is, you know, they crank out great linemen every year. It's it's one of the best offensive line producing schools in the country. And, uh, you know, we've had guys like Chris Lidstrom in the game over the years. I mean, some really, really good ones. Uh, and Zion goes up there and, and plays great. Um, got in there right away as a first-year player started. They moved him to tackle last year at left tackle. Um, and now is back at guard this year. But I think Zion's safely a, a top 50 pick. I think he could end up being a first-round pick. Immediate starter on the inside that you guys could match with Vera Tucker. And then Trevor Penning, um, I'm really curious to see how high Trevor can go. He's a dominant player at the FCS level at Northern Iowa, and if he can come down here and block other NFL people, uh, which he's going to have to do, I think I think the sky's the limit where Trevor could end up by the time we get to April.
0: Yeah, he could be an early first-round pick once we get to April. Could be in the top half of the first round. We'll have to see what happens there. Wanted to ask you about the quarterbacks. The Jets are set at quarterback. They're going to be investing, continuing to invest in front of Zach Wilson, around Zach Wilson. We know that. Um, But the draft is typically dictated by the quarterback dominoes. What about the group in Mobile? Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis from Liberty, of course, North Carolina's Sam Hall, and then you also have Nevada's Carson Strong. What do you think about this group and the opportunity at hand for these guys?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great group, you know, especially in, in the chair that I'm in right now, it's a great group because there's a lot of intrigue around that group. Um, the five guys you mentioned, uh, there's five guys in this group that, that are getting first round grades across the league, you know, depending on what team we talk to. But the great thing is like there's no order to those five, you know, and again, they're they're probably right now in that mid one to mid two range, depending on what team you talk to. Um, but the stack is completely different. You could pull 10 teams and you'd have might have 10 different answers of how those guys, you know, shook down for those teams. So I think by the time we get to April, where that ends up will greatly be determined by this week. Um, this is the last real football these guys will play. Yes, they'll have the combine. Yes, they'll have pro days. Uh, this is real football. You know, they've got to learn a playbook. They got to go out and execute that playbook. They got to galvanize a group of, of new teammates around them. So to show off their leadership, which a guy like Justin Herbert showed a couple of years ago in the game and really won teams over. Um, so so, yeah, there's this is going to be a great week for those guys and throwing one after the other. The teams will see like one guy after the other taking these reps, uh, which will be great. You know, usually this game has two or three guys in that first or second round mix a year. And now we have five. So in um, Bailey Zappi, our sixth guy is a really good player in his own right. You know, broke some of Joe Burrow's single season records this year at Western Kentucky, um, what Joe did a couple years ago at LSU. So, I mean, he's a good player. I think I think I think Bailey could be a third or fourth round pick uh as well and has a chance to play in that league a long time. So we're fired up about this quarterback group. Um, as you know, in the media in the media side, like that kind of drives the bus through the process. So um we'll be talking about we'll be talking about these guys until we, all the time until we get to April.
0: Jim, what do you think about the Jets draft capital? You're sitting there with the number four overall selection, the number 10 overall selection, four picks in the top 38 nine overall a lot of assets uh heading into april and joe douglas has a lot of flexibility as you know this draft class better than anybody uh the draft does start mobile it says it on the Reese's senior bowl website um what do you think about the jets uh potential haul here
1: Oh, well, I think it's great for Joe. Cause it, you said the word flexibility, it gives him a lot of ammunition. He, he basically the drafts at his, at his feet, like he can do, he can move up, he can move down uh, depending on where they see different value spots. Um, they have a lot of different needs to address or, I mean, let's be real. I mean, they wouldn't be picking up that high if they didn't have needs. So um, again, it's what every GM probably wants. He's He's got a lot of maneuverability around. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how aggressive Joe is or, Um, you know, if they see value late, you know, I've worked for teams when I was with the Seahawks, you know, we we barely ever trade drafted in the first round. We traded back a bunch. Um, you know, because a lot, a lot of a lot of evaluators feel like the sweet spot in a lot of drafts is day two. You know, you get a lot of starter level players in the first and or in the second and third rounds. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Joe attacks it.
0: Yeah, and finally, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the staff led by Joe Douglas. Of course, Rex Hogan, assistant GM. Phil Savage, who sat in that position where you're at right now, I know you guys are tight, of course. John Carr and company.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great staff Joe put together. A great uh, veteran group of guys. I've known Rex. Rex and I got into the league together about the same time, and we've been friends for a long, long time. Um, he's great at what he does. You know, he's been rumored to get some GM interviews over the years. He deserves that. I think he'll he'll be he'll get one of those jobs someday. Yeah, Phil Savage. Um, known Phil a long, long time. You know, you said he I I was he was my predecessor and, and I've leaned on Phil and he's been great since I've taken this role. He even when I was making that early transition into this role four years ago, he helped me out quite a bit uh give me a heads up on things. And you know, Phil, Phil's been a GM and you don't get there without having a great reputation around the league as an evaluator. Um, what he did in Baltimore, uh, building those Ravens teams and, and uh, you know, drafted some Hall of Famers, drafted Joe Thomas in Cleveland. So uh, yeah, really good staff. I've known those guys, Dom Green, Jay Mandalisi. uh, worked with those guys on the road for a number of years and they're, and they're great at what they do as well. So they're good staff. I know they'll come down here and have their sleeves rolled up and, uh, like with all those early picks, man, they're, I'm excited to see what the Jets can do with all of them.
0: Well, Jim, we're excited to get down to Mobile, Alabama. You were so gracious with your time. Thanks. And we'll be seeing you soon.
2: All right. We'll see you here in a few days. Thanks for having me on. Great stuff from Jim Nagy,
0: the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. The Jets have a great opportunity this week uh, down in Mobile, Alabama, because they'll be able to not only coach these guys on the field, but interact with them off the field in team meetings, see how they process on the field and what they're like uh, in those classrooms, what their football acumen is, and do they have. The love of the game that this staff is looking for. The 2021 New York Jets draft class solid. It does have a chance to be special. Obviously, Zach Wilson, in the number two overall selection in the draft. Number fourteen, Joe Douglas traded up to get Elijah Vera Tucker, and the list goes on and on. When you're thinking about that draft class on both sides of the ball, Elijah Moore five touchdown, five touchdowns in. 11 games his rookie season Michael Carter who excelled down there Mobile Alabama led the Jets in rushing last season Hans and was a draft pick who also participated in the senior bowl week the Jets also got Jamie Sherwood in the draft Brandon Eccles, of course as well and they look to have a nickel corner who's going to excel there for a long time and Michael Carter, the second. So it was a great haul for Joe Douglas in 2021 and 2022. uh, The jets, nine picks, two picks in the top 10, four picks in the top 38. That is the third time in franchise history that the jets have had four picks in the top 40 since 1970, if they indeed stay there. The personnel staff uh, will be taking a close look at practice and have intimate knowledge of what's going on since the Jets coaching staff will be not only leading uh, these prospects for the national team on game day, which is Saturday, but throughout the week, those practices Tuesday through Thursday. We will be heading down there and we are going to follow all the action. Wolfson podcast filed from Mobile, Alabama. Um, But for the Jets and Robert Sala, they are fired up. This is really the start of the draft process. Of course, after this, you will have the Combine in late February, early March It's going to be followed by the draft. The Jets have financial flexibility as well. The 2022 offseason is underway. The podcast here, as always, we are presented by WinBet. Betting as a team sport, bet together at WinBet. Special thanks to Jim Nagy, uh, who we will be seeing down south here in a couple days. You will be hearing from us on the official Jets podcast next week and throughout the off season.